Hot on the heels of the most listened to episode in Bankadelic Short History, we have part two of our discussion with four female leaders in financial services who talk to us about what it takes to be above, beyond, and ahead in today's banking environment. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights unscripted. Banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. And we should have known that once we got onto the subject of women, leadership, financial services, and the strengths that we need to tap right now, that this would produce enough material for two, even three episodes. So here we have part two of our discussion. We're going to segue back to Jenny Elman, the producer of Bankadelic. She will introduce to you our fine panel and we will pick up where we left off. If you haven't heard part one, be sure to go to our SoundCloud page or through Apple Podcasts and listen to that part one. I'm Jenny Elman, producer here at Bankadelic. We are so excited that we are doing this today, highlighting how certain characteristics and qualities that are generally deemed female are lifting up the banking and financial industries. We're going to do a quick roll call. We welcome Jill Homan, president at Deep Target. Good afternoon. Kim Snyder, founder and CEO of Clarivis. Good afternoon. Kathleen Craig, founder and CEO of HT Mobile Apps. Hi, thanks for having me. And Lena McDermott, COO and co-founder of Artist Technologies. Hi, everybody. Ladies, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very appreciative of us all coming together and creating this space for us. And there are going to be young women listening to this podcast. They want to break into the financial service industry. They may not be exactly sure where to begin. And so based on your experience, what do you want to share with them? This is Lena. Where to begin? I mean, obviously that would depend on their skill set, but kind of that dovetails into know your skill set and what you bring to the table. Like already have an idea of what you want to do, what you'd like to do and figure yourself out. Because if you don't, someone will tell you what your value is or how you need to be viewed. And I wish I had been aware of myself a bit more. And then also mentoring, figuring out a mentor, someone that you would like to kind of train and learn under. The earlier you can start to do that, do that. Feel free to reach out through LinkedIn. A lot of women really do want to pass it down and bring people up. That's typically what I've always found. And then networking, learning to build your leadership squad and bring people with you and expand your group so that you can continue to learn. And then I think my last thing is learn to say no. Women are typically taskers. Don't clean up after a meeting that you go into. Don't always say yes to the emotional tasks of like planning a birthday party. Like be aware of the roles that sometimes we sign up for because we want to have more visibility. And it does. And people appreciate it, but they don't necessarily recognize it as leadership. Get into figuring out kind of who you are and what you want to actually say yes to and what you can really do and what your skill set is. 
I love that. This is Kathleen. Uh, the other thing I would say is in addition to mentors, make sure you have advocates. For me, a mentor is awesome, someone you can bounce ideas off, someone that'll guide you, but an advocate is someone who will bring you to the table and actually speak to people on your behalf and really push you and propel you forward. So make sure you have a mix of both. And then this might be controversial, and I'm not sure if my other panelists will agree with me, but the other thing I encourage the women that I mentor to think about is how much do you want to make? What do you want your life to look like? Because I think there's a lot in this latest generation about following your passion. And I think you should follow your passion, right? I think that's great. But you also need to make a living. <laughs> you also need to pay for your life. And you also need to figure out what you envision your life looking like. And as women, we're too often not having those money conversations, not willing to advocate for ourselves and where we see our career going and what our financial milestones are personally and professionally. And if you don't know that, you won't be able to have the already hard conversations that you're going to need to have. This is Kim. I'll jump in on this as well. Of course, I think we all love everything that everybody's saying because it sounds like we've been down similar journeys to get where we are. So the money conversation is really important and figuring out how to have that and be your own advocate. While I agree, I really push women to learn how to advocate for themselves and to always be learning. So if you're at work and you hear a term or somebody is talking about a concept that you don't understand, go home and research it or go to somebody in the office and say, when you have time, I'd love to have a conversation about this because I didn't understand it. And don't be afraid to do the homework at night. I did a ton of homework in my early days at KPMG. And you've got to have the initiative and take control and be your own best advocate. There's not anybody in your company, in your career, that's going to be a better advocate for yourself than you. This is Jill. And that really resonates with me when I think about things that have been enablers for me. The curiosity thing is tremendous, right? And I think that's one of the best compliments someone can be paid. I hope people say about me, she was truly curious in all things in life. But I think related to that, I find you don't have to be the smartest or the most talented person in the room, but you do have to be willing to have the patience and the tenacity to get the education experience that you need to be excellent. And so that's doing the homework. You know, it's great to say, and I have this conversation with my daughter, with young ladies, especially that say, hey, I want to be where you are one day. I'll say, have patience and have tenacity, define what you want and go for it. You can do it. You know, you guys have already emphasized, listen with intent and be intentional about your response and what you're hearing and then shed that fear get rid of those boundaries that you have or are imposing on yourself. Those are the big deal things. And you know, it's so encouraging to hear all of you emphasize the same combination for success. So how can men encourage their female leadership counterparts to embrace these qualities in the industry? Not that we need them to give us permission. How can the industry as a whole create space for these qualities? I always encourage my board members and people I work with to take a second and think, would you ask a male CEO or founder that same question? Because I have really, really great men around me who have really, really great intentions, but sometimes we just miss, right? And women too, I think we can also do a better job of checking ourselves and making sure we're not treating people differently as well. This is Lena. 100% agree, Kathleen. So I have also a great team of men around me and women. And when we first started, 
the conversation had to get a little sticky, which is we have to make sure that we check our biasness, which means I need to radically offer transparency when you say something or I say something to each other that is not out of line, but just isn't correct. Because this is an us problem, a male and female. Like we all have to figure this out together because we have to look around and say, how do we create the right environment for others to succeed in the organization? Everyone, male and female. And then be aware of what we do unconsciously and then have the comfort to say like, hey, Lena, you said something or you did something in a way that was just a little bit, you know, out of line. And there's a safe place for that candor to, I think it was Kathleen's point, like I will have been asked questions that had I done what she did, like, would you have said that to a male COO or director or whatever level I was at at the time? The answer would have most likely been no, but I don't even know I was aware enough to challenge them back. This is Kim. So the thing that I would love to see, and I don't know if it ever will happen, but for men to, how do I say this, to call each other out. (laughs) Kathleen, you shouldn't have to call them out, right? Somebody in that conversation should say, no, wait a minute. Why did you ask her that question? Right? Because we've all been in situations where somebody has said something to us inappropriately. And we've had to have the backbone to say, wait a minute. And there's been other men in the room So they need to step up. I mean, that to me would be the most transformative thing that could occur in any business setting, in any environment where there's both males and females working. Men need to hold each other accountable in the same way. And they need to also do the same work that we do. Like we spend a lot of time, this is Lena, researching and reading about how to make the environments better on behalf of our employees. But the education has to be equal and fair. Like they also need to figure out What's the better way to handle these situations? How can I make this environment more inviting? Your actual point, Kim, I believe, we shouldn't have to be the ones always calling them out. Like there's accountability across the room. Everybody in the room is accountable, male or female. If it's out of line, it needs to be restated. We all owe that. And Lena, I think another thing, you know, we've talked about empathy as it relates to us, boundaries as it relates to us as women leaders. I would like to just put forth a challenge to our male counterparts to be okay with being empathetic in the workplace, to be okay with being vulnerable, to be okay with getting an email from you that has an emoji in it, right? And not putting an artificial boundary even around that and characterizing you a specific way. So what am I really talking about? Like I grew up, my dad, I saw him cry one time, right? because tears or emotion were equated with weakness and he wanted to be strong for all of us. So my appeal to our male counterparts would be, hey, come on and let's be real together and let's be productive and let's just shed these artificial boundaries that we're putting on ourselves equally because I think they probably do exist and I think we could all be better by, you know, having empathy and kind of a gender neutral way in the workforce. I don't know about you guys, but when I see my male counterparts doing some of these things that we're talking about, boy, I so respect them. Some of these things that we just artificially inflate, how can we all be better? All of your insights are just so amazing and positive and wonderful. And I want to really close out on a positive note. What are some things you have seen in financial services that give you the most hope for women in leadership? This is Lena. For me, what's the most hopeful is 
I am starting to hear these conversations come up organically with my male advocates and coworkers and where there is actually sensitivity happening naturally, where they want to sit down and say, does this environment cater to what we want our employees to feel like? And so these conversations are more frequent and it's easier for me to sometimes say, I'm having a bad day or I'm not handling this failure okay or going to a male counterpart and being like, how are you? And they're actually sharing their feelings. So that is starting to happen and there's some generosity in that space that I'm starting to see in the fintech space. And I don't know if it's because the generations are, or maybe of an older school are starting to maybe retire and it's sort of changing with the new influx. But I am starting to see the conversation shift and I'm also starting to see more women in leadership roles in my industry just on this call. Like this would not have looked like this for me 10 years ago, five years ago even. So I am starting to see just growth in many, many ways and noise being made where relevant, which I'm happy about the noise. Yeah, Lena, this is Kim. And so I echo those comments for sure. And especially the females that we're now seeing in leadership roles in the financial services industry, right? So, you know, the Marianne Scullys of the world, the Jill Castillas, the Trish Ferrix, I mean, all of these ladies who are CEOs or presidents of their banks. I mean, when I went into banking, you know, back in 2005, and I went to my very first CFO, Virginia Banking CFO conference, I swear to you, I was the only female in the room. It was mind-boggling. I was like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. Even back then, I expected to see more people, you know, more females there, and, and I didn't. But today, we're starting to see that change. And as you said, the amazing women that we have on this podcast today, I'm just honored to be part of the group. And I'm starting to see LinkedIn posts about female rock stars. And you go through there and you research the women that are shouted out. It's really empowering to me to know that I'm not alone. I'm not sitting in the seat, you know, as a female CEO. CEO of a fintech company all by myself. There's others out there on a similar journey and we're starting to see that pendulum shift. And I think the sky's the limit in my opinion. So I just want to thank you all so much for your time and your insight and your perspective and your vulnerability and your sharing. And I got so much out of this session together. (laughs) And I know that our Bankadelic listeners will too. I would really just like to thank each of you one by one personally. So Jill, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Kim. Thanks so much for inviting me and letting me participate. Kathleen, thank you so much for being here today. It was so nice to meet you. Such a pleasure. You too. And Lena. Thank you. It was so enjoyable. I enjoyed myself. Jill Homan, president of Deep Target. Kim Snyder, founder and CEO of Clarvis. Kathleen Craig, founder and CEO of HT Mobile Apps. And Lena McDermott, COO and co-founder of Artist Technologies. You can find Jill, Kim, Kathleen, and Lena on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. 
Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. We come to the part of the show known as the three bullet points recap, trademark, except we have four guests. So why not give you, the listener, a little bit extra with four Four bullet bullet points. points. Number one. This is Selena. Know your skill set and what you bring to the table. Like already have an idea of what you want to do, what you like to do, and figure yourself out. Because if you don't, someone will tell you what your value is or how you need to be viewed. And then also figuring out a mentor, someone that you would like to kind of train and learn under. The earlier you can start to do that, do that. Number two. This is Kathleen. As women, we're too often not having those money conversations, not willing to advocate for ourselves and where we see our career going and what our financial milestones are personally and professionally. And if you don't know that, you won't be able to have the already hard conversations that you're going to need to have. Number three. This is Kim. Always be learning. So if you're at work, and you hear a term or somebody is talking about a concept that you don't understand, go home and research it or go to somebody in the office and say, when you have time, I'd love to have a conversation about this because I didn't understand it. And don't be afraid to do the homework at night. I did a ton of homework in my early days at KPMG. And And number number four. This is Jill. I have this conversation with my daughter, with young ladies especially that say, hey, I want to be where you are one day. I'll say have patience and have tenacity. Define what you want and go for it. You can do it. And then shed that fear. Get rid of those boundaries that you have or are imposing on yourself. With love and gratitude, I dedicate this episode to the women leaders in my life. My mother, Genevieve Carloso always encouraged me no matter what and told me and taught me can't is an animal that won't try. My wife, Amy, who every day shows me what it's like to lead by example, especially during COVID-19, in her work as a hospital chaplain. And my daughter, Genevieve, named for my mother, who turned 16 the day this podcast goes live. My prayer for you is that you grow up in a world full of opportunities for women that your grandmother never knew, and that you may live to have a life beyond your wildest dreams and beyond mine. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done with the Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago.